0: Hello, happy Monday, and welcome to Reading the Bible is Easy-ish. My name is Harrison Litzel, and today we have Dr. Angela Parker joining us. Dr. Parker was a professor of mine at McAfee. She is an author, she is a New Testament scholar, and I am so excited to have her here with us. Dr. Parker, how are you?
1: I'm wonderful. I'm just excited to be with you. Thank you for having me, Harrison.
0: Yeah, I um, so at McAfee, you came in right as I was leaving. Mm -hmm. I had one New Testament credit class left (laughs) Um, and was excited to be in your class. I took a MARC class with you at the end of 2019. So right before COVID and everything like that. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I remember many things about that class, but uh, tell us us a little bit about yourself.
1: Sure, well, as you said, I am Assistant Professor of New Testament and Greek at Mercer University's McAfee School of Theology. I've been there since 2019, so I'm completing my third year here. Previously, I was at the Seattle School of Theology and Psychology in Seattle, Washington, where I was assistant professor of biblical studies there. Most of my work centers around Paul and Gospel of Mark, womanist interpretation, also some postcolonial theory, African-American hermeneutics. And I'm also an ordained minister with the Missionary Baptist Association. So coming to Mercer just felt natural, just because of my back, this background and upbringing. And I'm just happy to be here.
0: Yeah, I I have many of my professors through my theological education have been ordained as well as being mm-hmm. in the academy, being professors. But I don't think that's as typical as I initially thought. Um, and I don't think right. that I realized um, what that looks like for folks um, and mm-hmm. what that looks for a lot of people going through education to have Um, teachers who are both skilled and knowledgeable in you know this in the biblical languages and in the text as well as having that mode of um, being pastoral and caring for folks um, in a ministerial fashion and so having both of those backgrounds um, definitely has a big impact on I think students experiences having you as a professor and I'm sure it has a impact on you as well um, serving in in both of those roles.
1: I think it's interesting because Oftentimes people do PhDs just for knowledge sake. They're not necessarily as connected as a lot of us are who who grew up in certain traditions and wanted to just flip our traditions around and look and study everything. And so as I think about my life and being over on this side now, I love the fact that I've had the opportunity to think deeply about my faith and still come out on the other side with faith intact, but expanded faith, as I would call it.
0: Mm, Yeah, that's great. Thank you for that. So Dr. Parker, tell us, uh,
1: what is your relationship to the Bible?
0: Uh, What is it like for you to read the Bible? What habits do you have when engaging with scripture?
1: So for me, engaging with the Bible, I would say falls on a multitude of levels. I have my devotional periods where something comes to me and I just want to reread and meditate on chew on it without looking, I I won't lie. I always look at the Greek text. (laughs) (laughs) Now I will not, lie and say, I always look at the Hebrew text. I often look at the Septuagint text of the Hebrew Bible because I just, I feel more comfortable in that world as opposed to living or looking at the Hebrew text. So my relationship to the Bible is both devotional and academic. And sometimes those lines blur. I cannot say that I have specific devotional time where I'm reading an English translation and making notes in a journal. That's not exactly my practice. My practice is more thinking through text and thinking through just my relationship with the Spirit as I think about my relationship with Christ and my relationship with God, and then reading and engaging text. But I also, think about all of these texts with regards to, to the Bible in relationship to community. So I probably overthink community opposed to individuality. I overthink community and often think about now, what is God telling me that I should be doing in community as I'm engaging the biblical text? And so when I think about my relationship to the Bible, it's still very thoughtful, still very still heady sometimes in academic, but always landing with the questions, okay, now what am I supposed to do with this in community? Because I believe of the, I believe that the Bible is the way that's pointing to God. I'm not the, a big fan of thinking about the Bible as God, or, you know, mm-hmm. we say the word of God for the people of God, thanks be to God. And we say that in our liturgical setting. And I agree with that, but I don't think the Bible is God. I think the Bible points to God. So that's my relationship with the Bible as I think about, okay, God, how are, how am I learning about you and how am I now to act in community?
0: Yeah. Yeah. I talking about the the Bible being the word of God and pointing us to God, but not being God in, uh, in the church that I've been a part of the past couple of years at, uh, smoke rise, uh, what they often say is, um, for the word of God in scripture, for the word of God among us, for the word of God within us, thanks Mm -hmm. be to God. And I always appreciated that because it pointed to, I think exactly what you're saying of, yes, this, this text points us to God, but it is not in of itself, God, it is one way in which we look to God. Um, And I really appreciate that way of kind of framing it. Um, And then, yeah, thinking about the way the Bible operates in community and how it points us Mm -hmm. to community um, can be so helpful, even in just these conversations I've had on this podcast, it, it keeps me from going down a rabbit hole that isn't as helpful as it could be um, just by hearing other people's questions and the way that it strikes other people. Um, I think that the Bible is meant to be in community. And so keeping mm-hmm. that in the front of our minds um, is helpful. Are there, are there any other tools or resources that you often um, use in your reading of the Bible, something that you uh, reach for most quickly?
1: I probably reach for a dictionary most quickly because I don't remember every single Greek word, of course, in New Testament or Septuagint. So I often do have my two sources. I usually have a Bauer, Danker, Arendt, and Gingrich lexicon, Mm -hmm. which is labeled the BDAG in academic language. And I also have a little Scott uh, lexicon usually right next to me. I like the BDAG because it is specifically geared toward Christian texts. However, I like the Little Scott because it's not just Christian texts, it's texts outside in the greater Greek world. So you can get different understandings of word, nuance and meaning if you're reading, if you're reading outside of just the Christian texts. So I like, those are the my main resources for just, thinking through words as I'm reading Bible and thinking, okay, what are some of the nuances of the, of the language here? As I'm thinking about what does God, what would God have me to do?
0: Yeah. Yeah. So as you are a New Testament scholar, now we will be in the New Testament today. Uh, we we've, we've, we're going with first Corinthians chapter 10 verses one through 13 will be our passage. Um, I will be reading out the NRSV um, as we talked about before. I would love to read out the Greek, but it's just not going to happen, um, especially <laughs> with no preparation. And so I will be reading out the NRSV for us today. Um, after we read through the passage, we'll set our timer for five minutes um, and see what we're able to come up with in that time. Cool. So here we are, First Corinthians, chapter ten, verses one through thirteen. I do not want you to, I do not want you to be unaware, brothers and sisters, that our ancestors were all under the cloud and all passed through the sea, and all were baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea, and all ate the spiritual food, and all drank the spiritual drink, for they drank from the spiritual rock that followed them, and the rock was Christ. Nevertheless, God was not pleased with most of them, and they were struck down in the wilderness. Now these things occurred as examples for us, so that we might not desire evil as they did. Do not become idolaters as some of them did, As it is written, the people sat down to eat and drink, and they rose up to play. We must not indulge in sexual immorality, as some of them did, and 23,000 fell in a single day. We We must not put Christ to the test, as some of them did, and were destroyed by serpents. And do not complain, as some of them did, and were destroyed by the destroyer. These things happened to them to serve as an example, and they were written down to instruct us, on whom the ends of the age have come, So if you think you are standing, watch out that you do not fall. No testing has overtaken you. That is not uncommon to everyone. God is faithful and he will not let you be tested beyond your strength. But with the testing, he will also provide the way out so that you may be able to endure it. Hmm. Okay, Dr. Parker, I'm going to set our timer for five minutes. And I'm going to ask you what, what stands out to you from that passage? What grabbed a hold of you?
1: I think two things, first of all, being baptized in the cloud Mm. and being baptized as they are going through just wilderness and, and issues, I think, and also the idea of that rock following them. Mm. So it's like the baptism occurs and then the rock begins to follow. And what does it mean to be baptized into something and then have the, the, 10, the tactile rock that mm. you're following or is being followed, which is Christ. And it's interesting because Paul uses the Petra language to talk about Christ as the rock. So we often think about Petra as Peter, but when Paul writes about Peter, he specifically says Kephas. He doesn't, he mm. he uses Peter's Aramaic name and doesn't use Petras to talk about the rock. So that was just interesting. Something I happened to think about, but the other things that are coming to me, I think because baptism was repeated, that's I usually cling on to what's repeated a few times. So mm-hmm. I think it's about how we are after we become baptized in community, how we act with one another. But the other thing that came to me after that was that language of sexual immorality or, or pornea not to engage in Pernia. And as I think about first Corinthians, I think about just the whole background of first Corinthians, because the Corinth church was a church that was located in what I would call a happening city in the um, Aegean Sea, the, the, yeah, like Athens is to the right, and they're on an isthmus out away from Greece, but they're still connected to Greece. And so it's a city that's maritime and sailors are coming through. And it's a refounded city based on um, folks who were formerly part of the Roman Imperial Army. So it's a city that has a lot of activity going on, both mercantile activity, but also sexual activity. So I think that Paul is trying to get this community that has its own particular issues to really realize who you've been baptized under and who you're supposed to be following. So I think it's about, again, how we engage in community as we've been baptized to follow the rock of Christ. Hmm. And then I think the other thing is at verse seven, he says, um, you're not supposed to become idolatry people. So worshipers of idols. I'm reminded that in 1 Corinthians 6, 9, that's also one of those vices that will not allow you to inherit the kingdom of of God. And so I'm thinking about just how Paul is trying to remind the folks of what it means to be a part of God's kingdom as opposed to being a part of the Roman imperial kingdom. And the idolatry, the way the word is set up, it's actually like, worship of idols uh, the the greek term for worship is usually the greek verb latreo. and so letreo can connote a few different things letreo can connote the idea of worship by the priests but it was also used of the roman imperial priests as well so you mm. could be thinking it's worshiped by the levitical priests in hebrew bible times but also worship by the roman imperial imperial theological temple priests as well. So I'm just, I'm seeing connections between how you are baptized in a community that is still living in an area that has so much going on. What does it mean to actually follow that rock and be followed by that rock Christ as you're banding together as one body in order to be together. And so I'm just mindful also of what's coming up later in first Corinthians with the one body in Christ, but many members. So how you're baptized together, but you're still to be one body together after the baptism and following some of the ways of Christ. And then What's interesting for me is that these people are not Jewish people. Mm. These people are mostly what we would call Gentiles now, but they're Corinthian people. So they're not Jewish people, but Paul gives them the language and the words of Hebrew scripture and they may not know it as well. So that's always interesting to me that they may not know it as well, but he's giving it to them as if they, they're they gonna find out what exactly he's talking about even as he's writing it. So they're gonna have people who will explain Hebrew text to them as well Well, specifically Septuagint texts, hence Mm -hmm. why I'm always reading Septuagint, but there will have people explaining to them Septuagint uh, texts and how they're also baptized into the, I would say the memory bank, the cultural memory bank of Hebrew folks, of the Israelites, because Paul is using that language and almost baptizing them into that as well which is interesting to think about because you know in Galatians we have that conversation of do we need to be circumcised so they're not being circumcised but they're still taking on the language of of the Old Testament so I think that's fascinating too because these are not Hebrew people these are not Jewish people
0: yeah what I hear from you and and kind of what struck me about this passage as well is I hear all these different things being woven together right? Mm-hmm. I hear this the history of the of the Hebrew people and I hadn't considered the fact that these the people Pauls writing to are not themselves Jewish that this is not their ethnic or cultural identity that he is you know as you said baptizing them into this community. Mm-hmm. Um and I think because it was what we were talking about kind of coming into this passage of the idea of community of th- this idea that when you are baptized into this, that now this is your history. This is your people. This is your God. This is how we are to live together. Um, And the kind of broad nature of that, but also Mm -hmm. the particular nature of who Paul's writing to, as you were talking about, he's writing to the people of Corinth. They are in a particular city with particular struggles, with particular culture, with particular community. And and Mm -hmm. I think that's something that we always see with Paul is that some of what he's talking about is broad and big. And some of what he's talking about is so specific and without an awareness of who he's writing to and the culture and what's going on, we can, we can mix, we can miss that mix of broad and particular, um, and, and mm-hmm. kind of what's happening there. Um, I'm just always struck by how dense, uh, the epistles are Paul's writing is there's just always so much. And there's some of it I recognize and jumps out to me and some of it. I'm like, I, I know I've read this before, but I can't remember <laughs> when, and I don't know what's happening here. And it just hits all so fast together. But with all of that, we are uh, we are up with our five minutes. Our five minutes have (laughs) has come and gone. But um, there was just this passage was as I was reading it. I was like, I thought we were going to stop at least three times in this passage that we had come to the end of the thought. But there's just so (laughs) much there. Um, So if you are to spend more time with this passage this week, if you're going to revisit First Corinthians chapter ten, here, where do you want to spend more time?
1: If I revisit this passage, I think I'm at verse 12, the translation seemed a little wonky to me. Mm-hmm. Um, so verse 12 says what in the NRSV?
0: I have. So, so if you think you are standing, watch out
1: that you do not fall. So if you think that you are standing, watch out so you will not fall. Hmm. I'm just confused as to where this standing is because mm. it, to me, it's it's almost like Paul says, so so you think you're something mm. or you think you will be something? Watch out that you do not fall. So I'm not sure if standing is a good translation for that particular verse because it doesn't seem like, it almost seems like Paul's saying, so if you think that you are something, watch out so that you don't fall. I don't, I'm not sure about the standing language for that translation. So that's where I would, I would begin to study a little bit more as to Paul having his particular conversation with the Corinthian people, and and I'm specifically thinking now, first Corinthians chapters one through four, where he's talking about wisdom and talking about Christ and Christ's wisdom and the wisdom of the world, but the wisdom of the world is not Christ's world. So I almost feel as though he's probably saying something more like, if you still think you're so wise, watch out that you don't fall. Mm. So that would be something that I would ponder a little bit more.
0: Okay, I think I think I'm gonna keep reading in this chapter. Um, I recognize verse thirteen, this idea mm-hmm. that God will not uh, let you be tested beyond your strength, and I and I've I've heard that outside of this chapter a lot. Um, I've heard it quoted, I've heard it said, I've heard it taught on. Um, and and hearing it at the end of this passage here made me curious of what's about to come next because um, mm-hmm. it's it's become obvious to me. Um, that I've heard it only outside of its context. I don't think I've ever really heard it taught within Uh, its context. And so I want to know what's, what's coming next. Um, I feel like I have half a little bit more of the story now. And I want, I want a little bit more, Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. this idea that Paul just went through this list of all these people who perished and lost their lives because of things they did and choices they made. And then at the end he says, but don't worry, you'll always have a way out. Um, it's not as strong of a promise, um, after listing, all these different ways that people uh, were not able to, to keep going. Um, so I'm interested by that.
1: Interesting. Yes. Yeah, so I'll, I'll look at that too.
0: <laughs> well, Dr. Parker, thank you again so much for, for joining us. Um, if folks want to connect with you and your work and your ministry, uh, how can they do that?
1: So they can do that by Twitter, ANP22FAB, again, ANP22FAB. And you can also find me on Facebook. Uh, you can find me at the Mercer University website, and you can also check out my book, If God Still Breathes, Why Can't I? Black Lives Matter and Biblical Authority on Amazon and Erdman's.
0: So I have a copy of your book here. Um, I, I recommend it to all of our listeners, to everybody. Um, I read it. I actually I listened to the audio book uh, last year, because um, that's how I do most of my book reading <laughs> these days. But yes. Um, I really appreciated it. It has um, some of your story in it. It has some kind of um, overarching looks at at race and the Christian faith. And it also has some deep... Biblical work, um, which is something that I feel like I haven't done a lot of uh looking at Greek text and looking um at uh, the Bible in that way since my time in seminary. It reminded me of being in a seminary classroom and I really appreciated that um and instill being in a way that was accessible um to me, not having the Greek text in front of me. Um so thank you for this book. And we will uh link it uh in the show notes for anybody who would be interested in that. Um That is all of the time we have today. Uh, If you've made it this far with us, we ask that you like, subscribe, um, let other folks know about reading the Bible as easy as so they can join along with us in the future. And until we see you next week, keep on reading the Bible.